Singularity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Singularity One on One. Singularity One on One is a regular podcast feature of Singularity Weblog, where you can go and listen to it or download it in full. My name is Nicola, aka Socrates, and as always, I will be the man with the questions. Today, my guest on the show is Marco Santini. Hi, Marco, and welcome to the show. Hello, Nicola. Nice to meet you. Finally. Excellent. So, um, Marco Santini would be basically helping me launch a series of podcast interviews with some uh, not-so-well-known so not so uh, science fiction authors that I believe deserve uh, to have the spotlight on them and on their work. So, uh, without further ado, let's launch into the interview here. Um, Marco is the author of two fantastic books. Uh, one is called The Alpha Centauri, and the other is called um, Evolution. So, Marco, let's start with the first book. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Alpha Centauri and what it is all about? Yes, okay. Five years ago, I wrote the Alpha Centauri project with the intent of spreading the principles and ideas of transhumanism, as well as trust in a future dominated by disruptive technologies. For this reason, I had the novel translated into English, Spanish, French, and Italian. Soon, a, a version in Portuguese will be produced. Uh, the story is set in 2300 in a period dominated by epoch-making events. The digital beings are going to, to sail with three huge vessels towards Alpha Centauri. They will pursue their own destiny by spreading into the universe while leaving the Earth to the humans. In this context, dramatic events will take place. A digital historians record the events from a singularity, which is supposed to happen in 2047 to 2300, the period of the story. The main characters, Eve and Victoria, are souls, that is, humans whose brain was digitized after death, who progressively transcend their earthly nature. This is, uh, this is uh, the Alpha Centauri project. There is another book, which is more recent, which is Evolution of the Future. Yeah, let me stop you here for a second and, and say that first, um, the Spanish translation, or the, I should say not the translation, but the preface to the Spanish edition of your book uh, was written by one of my friends uh, and previous guests on the show, Jose Cordeiro. Um, yes. So, uh, and, and your book's already been translated into how many languages? Till now, for it is going to tra be translated in uh, Portuguese too in a few months. In 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 Portuguese too, and uh, I I think it's uh, another friend of mine, online friend from a Facebook uh, group that I'm a member of, Vanderlei Martianos. Is that the gentleman who is helping you translate that, or am I mistaken here? Uh, no, it is uh, the translator of the Portuguese edition is uh, um, Isabel Rocha. Oh, she's a Brazilian. I see, I see. Yes, Vanderlei is another Brazilian, but obviously I'm mistaken here. Yeah. Uh, so apologies for that. Now, uh, Marco, I know that uh, by education you're actually a, an engineer and uh, you hold an, an MBA in, in, in business, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's so, right. 
Rochester, New York. Yes, in fact, uh, just a few hours driving away from me. So why don't you share with us the story of how and why uh, an engineer uh, decided to start writing science fiction novels? The main reason was that uh, I wanted to write uh, modern science fiction. That is a science fiction based on uh, futuristic ideas. Um, so the main point is to produce something which is in line with uh, the major scenarios produced by uh, futurist movements, and in particular by transhumanism. That is, uh, uh, writing science fiction, the idea is to write about this, the science of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And and why in particular transhumanism? Um, what makes transhumanism such a great topic for you? And and to begin with, how and why did you discover it in the first place? Transhumanism for me is a, is a very important movement because it uh, described uh, it is one of the most important uh, movements uh, of uh, of today. And that will be probably of the it will be of the next future because uh, it is uh, something that that is between the present and the future. It embraces what happens today. It, it embraces what will happen in the next years, and it has the, the great opportunity of changing uh, uh, of changing the the world, the future as man wants. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to participate in this great uh, trend. I see. And and how did you discover transhumanism for yourself? And obviously got very inspired by the idea. Actually, first I wrote the Alpha Centauri project. Then I entered in contact with transhumanism first through Wikipedia, because ah. it is a very it is a great source of information. Yes. And after that, that's through Facebook. I see. And there I met my friends, my transhumanist friends. In, in uh, actually in Milan from uh, 2010, uh, some important meetings were uh, all held. The Transviso meeting in Milan, where I had the opportunity of meeting Giulio Prisca and Riccardo Campa, uh, that org- uh, uh, who organized the event. In that occasion, I also met Marta Rossi from iLabs. Uh, iLabs uh, is a research institute located in Milan focused on scientific, technological, and philosophical issues related to singularity. In March 2011, I participated in the singularity meeting in Milan with Ray Kurzweil and Aubrey de Grey. On that occasion, I had the opportunity of uh, knowing uh, Gabriele uh, Rossi, a co-founder of iLabs, who spoke about uh, the, the scale of values in a semi-mortal society. And I found his speech very, very interesting. Actually, I found some points so similar to what I described in the novel that I asked her daughter, Marta Rossi, to write the preface of the Italian edition of the Alpha Centauri project, and she did it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, there was somebody else who is well-known in community from Mexico who wrote a preface, uh, I think, for one of the other editions. Is that for your new book, uh, Evolution? Lilia Molares Imori made the translation of the Alpha Centauri project. And uh, she Into made Spanish. 
into Spanish. Yeah. And she made also a translation for Evolution of the Future. She made also two fantastic covers. And uh, the second one is an eye gazing, a transhuman eye gazing into the future, mm-hmm. which is very evocative. Yes, yes. I, I would actually, I'm actually planning to attach the cover to this uh, interview. Uh, okay. So she was both the sort of the artist behind uh, the cover images and also the translator. That's very interesting. So Marco, um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your second book, Evolution, and how is it different from the Alpha Centauri project? Yes, in uh, August of this year, we wrote Evolution of the Future with the objective of reaching a wider public. The first, uh, the first uh, novel um, was uh, created to, to face uh, some important uh, issues about transhumanism through some uh, chapters uh, where a, an historian describes the story between uh, uh, today and uh, 2,300. It appeared to be a little complicated uh, for uh, for some people. So I thought uh, to um, uh, write the story only with the chapter of suspense and action. Uh-huh. And uh, this uh, was uh, quite interesting because uh, I received many, many good opinions by a lot of people and many, many likes. And uh, this means that uh, that I succeeded uh, in uh, diffusing the ideas and principles of transhumanism. In the end, I also put a vast bi- 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 bibliography where, but with uh, Kurzweil Net, uh, with uh, Singularity of a Blog uh, 2, with EAT, etc. So all the people interested can uh, immediately uh, search for information in uh, these uh, sites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, 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 and yes. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the second point is that uh, um, I, I focused on the transformation arc of the main characters. Um, the heroes are two women, Eve and Victoria. Eve is a strong personality devoted to the progress of the digital people. She commits suicide when charged with bribery and her brain is digitized, she reaches nets, and overcoming her disenchantment, she will be able to contribute in the development of the virtual world. Victoria is uh, the other uh, hero of the story, and uh, she meets uh, regularly her, her earthly boyfriend in uh, in uh, the virtual world, and she reveals a passionate temperament. The two women meet in net, they get involved more and more in the life of the digital community, they discover the scale of values of this kind of semi-mortal society, and, uh, um, and, fi- and finally they merge their existence with the, the, the destiny of their new race. Mm-hmm. And there- May I see, I tell you another thing. There is a third character who is very important, and uh, it is uh, the digital people. The digital people searching for self-realization. Uh-huh. And uh, it expresses itself through the, through the events and uh, um, through the scale of values that permits uh, the, the book. Very interesting. 
Um, and, and I mean, I, I do know that you have been successful in bringing attention to your book uh, at a number of levels by a number of people who are well known in the community. And uh, there's a number of people who have read your book and really enjoyed it. So this is actually one of the reasons why I invited you on the show. Uh, Thank you. Because I believe you, you do deserve uh, even more attention than, than what you're getting right now. But let me move away a little bit from the specifics around the books and ask you a little bit more general question about the connections between science fiction and science. How do you see that relationship in your view? Science fiction has something to do with uh, futurism. That is, uh, it takes uh, the modern theories and the modern scenarios uh, that are imagined by, by, by futurists and uh, creates uh, on, in those environments uh, some intriguing stories. Stories that can catch the attention of the common people. And this is a very important way to diffuse uh, transhumanistic ideas and ideals. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so in that sense, what do you think is the purpose or the point of science fiction or perhaps the point of your own science fiction? Is it to spread transhumanism or is it in general, more general than that? Mm, well, uh, there are several points. Uh, the idea is uh, the one idea is to spread uh, um, ideas and principle of transhumanism. Another another objective, let's say, is uh, to um, to spread trust in a future dominated by disruptive technologies. This means that if we can organize or prepare the future according to some step uh, in an organized way, mm -hmm. we can uh, be confident uh, that uh, we can have a success. Mm, the third uh, thing is uh, to make a story which is intriguing, which is uh, catching, which is interesting, which that make people dream mm -hmm. and participate in the change. That's very interesting. So, so uh, you want to sort of create optimism uh, and you want to, to help people dream and, and believe that those dreams can actually come to be. Um, so let me ask you this then. Don't you th do you think that uh, science fiction for the last 200 years, maybe since the time of Frankenstein, has been kind of negatively predisposed, uh, a lot of apocalypse, a lot of dystopia, a lot of end-of-the-world kind of scenarios? Yeah, there is a lot of, of that uh, in uh, classic science fiction. But time has come to make things uh, different. And uh, to open, okay, uh, pessimistic scenarios can always exist, but uh, with rationality, optimistic scenarios can be created. Mm -hmm. um, so, Marco, there's another thing which is very interesting about your books, um, and that's the fact that uh, they are disseminated for free. So, uh, let me ask you this then. Why did you decide to make all your books available for free? I believe that open source uh, and uh, connection and sharing uh, is uh, one of the main points uh, of uh, the exchange of the future exchange of ideas. 
it was the right way to diffuse uh, the good uh, ideas uh, to most people all over the world. For example, I have uh, several readers in India. They, they are people who have uh, just uh, a small computer and they have a very slow internet. But in this way, at almost no cost, they can uh, start to dream and they can start to think and they ask questions to themselves. And they get enthusiastic by this. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Actually, uh, that's the very same idea. That's the very same reason that I keep my show free. Uh, despite suggestions from numerous people that I should make it cost, you know, 99 cents per episode or something like that. Uh, and the reason why I haven't done so is precisely what you said, is I want to make it as widely available as possible. Uh, so even though making money is nice, uh, the, the, the bigger goal, the more important goal, in my opinion, would be to have a positive impact on the world, to to create that influence in a positive way and help people dream big, new, amazing dreams and inspire them to move on. And, and what better way to, to help a couple of people in India to, to see the possibilities of the future and, and perhaps uh, they would build them tomorrow. Well, uh, they would make them reality. Nicola, probably it is more than a couple of people. They told me that it was uh, almost all on one campus was interested in this thing. Oh, yeah. So, that... <laughs> so it is a good idea, this. Fantastic, yes. I, I, meant it, I, I didn't mean it literally. I meant it figuratively, like a few people. Yes, I understand. Uh, because, you know, the history of the world has been changed by a small number of people in, in the past. Only a few people yeah. with strong ideas who take action are able to change the world. Yes, exactly. And uh, actually, free information has a big added value. And uh, it is, the, it is uh, the added value of the big numbers of readers, of uh, audience, uh, etc. Mm -hmm. I see. So, so let me ask you this then. Uh, what's next for Marco Santini after these two books? Do you have a plan for a third book or another? Uh... No, for the moment, no. I have to get inspired and uh, I have to find motivation. I, I shall see. I see. So, so you kind of, uh, you're one of those people who sort of works only under the influence of inspiration. Uh, yes, under the influence of inspiration and rationality because we have objectives. So, um, objectives uh, that are all, there are objectives that when reached, they become obsolete and we have to find new objectives. So I have to focalize on something new. Mm -hmm. Marco, where can people go and find more about you and your books? Uh, they can go on uh, Smashwords. Uh, they, it is sufficient that they digit Marco Santini or one uh, of the titles of the two books and they will find them in the four languages uh, immediately. Yeah, that's, that's actually another fantastic thing. Not only that your books are free and available to download by anyone, but they're also available in a number of different languages, which uh, manages to go through another barrier, which is the language barrier. So if those people exactly. don't speak English, but speak Italian or Spanish or Portuguese, etc., they can still read it in their native language. And that's also another fantastic way of disseminating uh, transhumanist ideas. Yes, and they are, uh, thanks to Smashwords, they're also available in many book formats, Kindle, uh, ePub, etc., mm -hmm. PDF, Classical. 
Fantastic. Uh, Marco, I think um, we are coming towards the end of our interview here. Uh, but before we go, let me ask you this. What is the major message, the main thing that you would like our viewers and listeners to take away from this interview with you today? Well, uh, this is a subject of the book, one of the subjects. That is, uh, there is a lot of space for optimism in the future. There's a lot of space for optimism in the future. That's fantastic. And, and so you are basically permeating and spreading the idea of, of optimism against... Uh, yes, it is a rational optimism, of course. Oh, and even rational optimism, that's even better. So it's not an empty sort of uh, faith, faith-based optimism, but it's rational, scientific one. Is that the case? Yes, that's the case. And and what do you say to the cynics or the or the pessimists who say that look, the world is going to hell in a handbasket? You know, uh, look at the Middle East is, fall, is falling apart. In Italy, you have you know earthquakes. You have uh, prime ministers that are involved in all kinds of scandals. In the United States, you have you know the the Sandy hurricane which destroyed uh, New Jersey. You have all kinds of scandals around politicians. Uh, you have violence, uh, you have all kinds of trouble. We are worse in any way possible than ever before. What do you say to those people? Well, there are big problems, uh, but there are also big challenges. For example, Singularity University is working on the great challenges, which are simply fantastic. This means that the potentiality of a human being is enormous, is inimaginable to, for most of the people. And actually, if uh, we put together the right message with uh, the rationality and the right organization, I believe that almost any objective we can imagine and we cannot imagine can be reached. Yeah.